Hi, friends. Welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here once again with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Get Off Your Affirmation is a call to action. Each week, we challenge you to take an in-depth look at your current beliefs and provide loving support and innovative tools to guide you toward fulfilling your spiritual potential and becoming the change you wish to see in the world. We're committed to human rights, social justice, and nonviolent action. This week, we just found out that we are going into the second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. For those of us who were looking forward to things getting better and restrictions being lifted, this is tough news. Really tough news and very, very sad. I just want to take a moment right now to extend heartfelt condolences on behalf of the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast to all the families and friends throughout the world who have lost loved ones during this tragic, tragic time. Please know that you're in our hearts and you're in our prayers. I believe that one of the most important things we can do now to honor those whose lives were lost is to behave responsibly. Follow the CDC guidelines, wear our masks, social distance, wash our hands frequently, and avoid large gatherings. I'd also like to recommend that we take a few moments to read about the 1918 pandemic, also called the Spanish flu, which lasted for two years. There were a number of people at that time who objected to wearing masks and who chose to hold events for large gatherings of people despite the advice of health experts. I would like to think that there are those today who would choose to take more precautions if they knew how many deaths could have been prevented in 1918. I'm a very strong believer in the old adage which says, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I totally agree. It's so important to be able to identify patterns and archetypes throughout history and do our best to learn from them. Yes, Joseph Campbell called that the hero's journey, and we discussed the hero's journey in one of our recent episodes called The Hero in You. All right, let's get to our topic for today. With all that's been happening since March 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, there's been a great deal written and spoken about how to cope while sheltering at home, how to use our time at home to be creative, how to be grateful for what we have, the power of meditation, the joys of reaching out to others on Zoom and other virtual platforms. Now, on social media, I've seen hundreds of jokes designed to bring humor into our lives, so much more than the usual amount of cute animal photos. I've seen an abundance of recipes and, well, of course, inspirational quotes, which I must say I myself post regularly. We've done several broadcasts on some of the topics you mentioned. I know. In the beginning, it seemed as though all we wanted to do was to cheer each other up, to give each other hope, and to make sure we knew we'd all be okay. But the truth was, many of us would not be okay. That's right. We sat glued to the news networks of our choice for days, feeling scared, feeling financially threatened. Schools, churches, businesses closed. The roads were empty of cars, the supermarkets were empty of toilet paper, canned goods, frozen foods, hand sanitizers, rubbing alcohol. But most importantly, people were dying at an unprecedented rate all over the world, and no one seemed to know what to do. 
I know. Since Unity was closed, we had to make a quick transition to doing our Sunday services on live stream. My school at Cal State Long Beach went completely virtual. People were out of work. Children could not attend childcare facilities. Nursing homes were closed to visitors. And we had no idea how long it would last. I must say, people were remarkable during that time. So loving and kind to one another. So generous and willing to help those who needed support. Social media was filled with true stories of inspiration and of hope for a future of harmony and unity. The air quality was improving and fish were swimming in the waters again. Everybody received $1,200 from the government to help pay their rent during the shelter-at-home period. We found hope in one another. But then it began to change. The political climate has become more contentious. Even the coronavirus has become a political issue. We witnessed the wrongful deaths of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and so many others, and had the realization that systemic racism can no longer be tolerated. Social media has just become filled with messages of hate, and we're seeing more and more violence every day. People are now showing obvious signs of stress, depression, and grief at a much deeper level. Now the articles on social media are geared much more towards self-care, meditation, and other forms of relaxation, and less about reaching out to others. The exception, of course, is the election. People are very motivated to get out and vote. They're tired of the dissension and the polarization and the profound pain of living in a divided country. They say they don't know how long they can go on this way without a respite. Well, it seems to me that we've got to do something different. There has to be a way for us to understand that we're stronger than we think we are and that we can make it through. I believe there is a way. In truth, there's always a way to feel more connected to our inner strength and power. The real challenge, of course, is to be able to access it when we're under pressure. So today, I want to offer some hope and relief from the overwhelming stress we've been under. It's the gift of non-resistance. And I'm asking us to practice a form of non-resistance in a way that, more than likely, we've not even considered before. I think we need to be clear about the meaning of non-resistance. Probably most of us understand non-resistance to mean complacency or non-action, but we're talking about something much deeper here. Yes, non-resistance is a state of mind in which we let go of opposing forces within our own consciousness and are able to maintain a sense of coherence and inner peace. I'd like to say that again. Non-resistance is a state of mind in which we let go of opposing forces within our own consciousness and are able to maintain a sense of coherence and inner peace. It seems like we find ourselves getting into arguments with ourselves far too often, either struggling with indecision or letting outside opinions create fear and emotional unrest in us. That's right. Inner peace is the result of our doing everything in our power to eliminate those areas of inner conflict and emotional unrest which cause stress in our lives. In other words, during these challenging times, not only are we attempting to deal with the stress these situations have brought up, but we're also dealing with the stress that our conflicting emotions are stirring up within us. 
For example, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, we are strongly encouraged to keep a positive attitude, to stay strong, to not be angry or frightened, to meditate, and to keep calm. Well, I'm not disagreeing with any of that in any way. I would never attempt to find fault with these powerful words of wisdom. What I am saying, however, is that there's an element of being human that's missing from this important advice. That's right. What happens when we feel discouraged or overwhelmed or grief-stricken? Do we allow ourselves to experience those feelings, or do we push them down, believing that we should deny them because those feelings are negative? As a rule, we choose to dismiss them, ignore them, pretend they're not there. Furthermore, we fear them and regard them as intrusive interruptions to what we're supposed to be doing. We don't want to have those feelings, and we certainly don't want others to know we have them. What we don't realize is that by not allowing ourselves to respond to our more vulnerable feelings, we're setting up a dynamic of resistance within our own consciousness. It takes a great deal of energy for us to push away and contain our fears and other so-called negative emotions. Resistance requires strength. And when we experience resistance within our own consciousness, it weakens us more than we realize. I certainly relate to that. It's hard to avoid pushing the negative feelings away because we believe we're not supposed to have them. We think by acknowledging our feelings, it'll make our problems even worse. Also, we're afraid that if we open the door to those dark feelings, they'll overwhelm us and we won't be able to come back from that. I've often heard people say, I'm afraid if I start crying, I won't be able to stop. Oh yes, our society does not cut us much slack on the subject of acknowledging and processing negative feelings. In too many cases, when we do share our feelings, we're shut down by well-meaning friends who tell us to stay strong and don't let it get to you. I know. They have enough problems trying to resist their own negative feelings without hearing ours. It can be a real burden to force ourselves to stay in denial. People are thinking, don't bother me with your problems. I have enough of my own. I know. A great deal of our suffering comes from the resistance that's building up inside of us. We know that the negativity is pushing back, and on some level we realize that we don't have the resilience to deal with it anymore. Eventually, the pressure becomes so great that we end up exploding and expressing ourselves in ways that are often out of our control. Of course, this creates additional problems for all concerned, and we end up condemning ourselves for our weaknesses. By practicing non-resistance, we have the opportunity to face our feelings, to accept them, to express them, and eventually transform them. Now, one of the greatest challenges to embracing this idea of non-resistance is the old but prevalent belief that we're flawed by nature and that our goal is to become good or spiritual beings. Now, because of this largely accepted belief, we live with the fear of being exposed as inadequate. We talked about that in a previous episode called Shedding Light on the Imposter Syndrome. Yes, the imposter syndrome is based in the belief that we should be better or more spiritual than we are. And this belief sets up anxiety within our consciousness and the need to cover up as many of our so-called weaknesses as we can. The truth is, and I have said this many times, 
that instead of believing we are human beings searching for a spiritual experience, we are really spiritual beings learning to have a human experience. This means that we're spiritual by nature, created by the one universal omnipresent source of all creation. We don't have to work at being spiritual. We already are. What it does mean is that we're here to learn about and experience our humanity, which involves embracing rather than resisting the many facets of the human experience. Once we realize and accept that our nature is spiritual, we no longer need to believe that spirituality is a set of certain masterful behaviors that will prove our worthiness. This creates more resistance in our consciousness because it's unnatural to the ebb and flow of life. Spirituality is an identity common to all humanity. It's not a set of behaviors placed over our fears of inadequacy. We're not inadequate by nature. We're in an evolutionary process of discovering how to experience and embrace our full humanity. To learn to relate to one another, to master the art of agreeing to disagree, to understand and to feel compassion for one another, to suffer and triumph together, and to learn to live in harmony with ourselves and with the rhythm and flow of the universe itself. Our goal is not to deny or resist our emotions. It's to feel them, examine them, learn to understand them, and eventually transform them into higher forms of expression. This is what we mean when we're talking about non-resistance, and this is the kindness that we can extend to ourselves right now to keep us from adding our internal struggles to the other challenges we're faced with. So our work becomes discovering more about our humanity in a non-resistant way instead of hiding it or being ashamed of it. It is. Our goal is to acknowledge our painful feelings before they become overwhelming and to handle them in a responsible way, to accept the fact that we have these feelings and engage in appropriate expressions of self-care and self-expression that will release the stronghold those emotions have in our consciousness. For example, if we start feeling anxious or depressed, we need to acknowledge and embrace those feelings. If we have an important task to accomplish, we can temporarily put our feelings on hold and remind ourselves afterward that those feelings are there and have come up to be healed. Then we feel our feelings whatever they are. We might feel like calling a trusted friend or a family member and share our pain with them. We might journal or seek counseling to help sort out our feelings. Whatever it is we've chosen to do to deal with our pain, let's make sure that we're actually dealing with our feelings rather than attempting to suppress them or minimize them. If we cry, we cry. If we're sad, we're sad. If we feel overwhelmed, then we feel overwhelmed. Please remember not to shame or blame yourself for having your feelings. They're a part of being human. They're a part of being alive. They're a part of cultivating our ability to develop compassion and empathy with one another. 
They're part of coming into greater maturity. There's no crime in being sad. There's only a problem with denying our feelings so desperately that we create more conflict within our consciousness and more and more self-condemnation and self-hatred. Without exhausting ourselves by trying to push away our feelings, we could have more energy to actually deal with our problems. It's definitely not easy, especially if we feel like having negative feelings reflects badly on our character. No, having negative feelings does not reflect badly on our character. Blowing them out of proportion, not being willing to deal with them, forcing ourselves to be in conflict within our own consciousness, and wasting the important energy we can use to actually deal with the problems that are beyond our own consciousness. These are the challenges that we can control. These are the opportunities to willingly and consciously release ourselves from useless and unnecessary suffering, which comes when we berate ourselves, when we don't understand who we are in our relationship to the universe. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Spiritual beings having a human experience, and we need to embrace them all, learn from them, grow from them, challenge them into usable concepts, and become the fullness and the allness of who we really are. Releasing old beliefs and making important changes to our internal dynamics is never easy, but it's always worth it. So today, I respectfully challenge all of us to get off our affirmation and become non-resistant to our authentic feelings. When we do this, we embrace our wholeness and find the energy we need to face our challenges with more insight, wisdom, and love. Once again, I respectfully challenge all of us to get off our affirmation and become non-resistant to our authentic feelings. Thanks so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please subscribe to our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com, and connect with us on Facebook. We really look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful week. You deserve it.